Welcome to Mount Olive First Pentecostal Holiness Church. Thank you for connecting with us. Our desire at MOFPHC is for you and your family to find hope in Jesus Christ so that He will transform your life. Thanks again for connecting with us. Please contact us if we can help you discover God's purpose for your life. Enjoy the message. Let's dive into this. Uh, Last week, Pastor Jeff kicked off a series And it was called, As for Me and My House, and he emphasized the need for fasting and praying. Wednesday night, he emphasized the benefits of fasting and praying. I hope that you were all taking part of that, that the Lord is ministering to you, that you were taking these uh, opportunities, these 21 days, these three weeks, that you were diving in and trying to get closer to the Lord, that you were asking him to step in and move in a situation in your life, because he will do that if you just give him the opportunity. He's just waiting on us. The God of the universe is just ready for us to take a step forward and allow him to move and operate in our lives. So today we're going to continue our series, As for Me and My House, and we're going to take a different emphasis. Today we are going to emphasize, as for me and my house, we will serve. That is what we are going to emphasize today. We are drawing this phrase and emphasis from Joshua 24, where Joshua has asked all the people, all the tribes of Israel to come and assemble at Shechem. And what he wants to do there is he wants to renew their covenant. He wants to start off their relationship and rebuild it with them and the Lord and kind of set some things straight. So the first thing he does when he gathers them all together, he brings them all in there and he begins to explain to them, remind them what it is the Lord has already done for them. He begins by telling them, hey, the Lord brought you out of slavery, out of Egypt. He brought you out of oppression. All along this time that we have been in this desert and struggling and wandering around, he has provided day in and day out for us. And yet all this time that enemies have been surrounding us and we have been trying to step into this promised land and take it over that he said we were supposed to have, all these people were in our way. The enemy has already taken control. And yet every time we approach something, the Lord has already defeated our enemy. He's reminding them. It is always good for us to start off by reminding ourselves of what it is the Lord has done in our lives. Are we saved? Are we breathing? Are we happy? Most of the time. But the Lord has already done some things that are powerful in our lives. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves what it's done, what he's done for us. We need to make, our, make sure that we're being thankful day in and day out. I've got a lot to thank the Lord for. I got some questions, but I also got a lot to thankful for. You know what? Because I need to remind myself and be thankful so that I don't start taking him for granted. I don't start treating him like the genie that everybody else believes he is, that he's supposed to just give me everything I want. And if he doesn't give it to me, then I need to go figure out something else. No, this is the God of the universe. So Joshua wanted to set some things straight. So he picks up in verse 14. It says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped before the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. So he starts off by saying, fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away all the gods your ancestors worshiped. In 2024, this is a great verse for us as we're starting off the year. Let's start off by fearing the Lord and respecting him. Let's start off by putting him first in absolutely everything that we're doing. Pastor Jeff emphasized that the other night, that he wants to give everything to the Lord, every thought, every thing that we're asking for, every decision that is made, whether big or small, go ahead and give it to him and put him first. Fear him and respect him for that. Then we're to serve him with all faithfulness. All faithfulness, not halfway doing anything, but giving him everything that we've got. Because if we can give him everything, what could he do to multiply that and minister to others? Serve him with everything and then get rid of any idols. 
Get rid of anything that is holding us back, anything that we, any baggage we might be carrying from last year, anything that the Lord is telling us in these 21 days of prayer and fasting that we need to set aside to move forward with him, anything that is weighing us down from where place that the Lord is trying to take us to. Let's do those things in 2024. And it continues in verse 15 where he wants them to make a decision as to how they're going to live. Verse 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can I be honest with you all for a minute? Can I, just, I apologize. Act like I'm, I'm not trying to be a pastor right now, okay? Can I tell you honestly, I've heard this verse my entire life. My grandma literally would beat it into our heads. It's not a figurative thing. It's a literal thing. Okay, she was serious about laying the word on you. I would read this verse and not process it correctly. Shocker, I know. It happens a lot. I, I guess I just oversimplified it in a manner of speaking. I would read, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And I would, I would think of that, and that just means, oh, we're just going to follow God. We're just going to be a Christian, you know, go to church pay tithes, et cetera, et cetera. You know, do the, do the churchy things. And actually, the word serve there comes from the word abad, which means to labor. It means to serve as subjects. Okay, so if I personally, and again, I said I misinterpreted this. If I'm going to properly interpret this and apply it to my life, that doesn't mean that I'm just a Christian. I get to wear my Jesus badge and I attend church every so often, so I feel like I'm doing good. No. To abide right here means to put into action. It means to actually serve. It means I have to get up and start to do some things. Okay, this is what it comes down to. I have to get up and do whatever God is laying upon me. And I apologize. I know everybody's thinking this is another pastor just pushing an agenda. I promise you right now, Pastor Jeff does not have an agenda. I do not have an agenda. When we come before you and we are speaking to you the words that are here, it is because the Lord has laid it out there. Okay, so if, if you want to talk about who has an agenda, if you want to talk about who has an agenda, it was the Lord Jesus who has an agenda. Okay, if we turn our Bibles and we go to John 13, picking up in verse 1, it was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to his father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress. The devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water in a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So we have Jesus here. Pretty, pretty busy and important time in his life. This man knows exactly what is coming. He knows what is about to happen. He knows what he's going to have to endure. He knows that he is about to be beaten, crucified, and killed on the cross. He knows exactly what is coming, yet he takes time out of what he has going on, the stress and the pressure that he has going on. He takes time to stop and set an example before his disciples. He decides that he's going to wrap a towel around himself, get down onto the floor, lowering himself, get down onto the floor and get down on these nasty feet. 
These men are walking everywhere in these Jesus sandals. You know they're not clean. But he's getting down there on the floor, getting down into the dirty that he has to, and he begins to wash and dry their feet. That is a sacrifice. I don't care what anybody says. That is a sacrifice touching somebody else's feet. <laughs> serving. Serving is a sacrifice. See, this is a problem at points for some of us, probably mostly me. Serving is a sacrifice because serving isn't about us. I am my favorite person. If I'm going to do something, I want to do something that makes me happy. But serving, doing things for the Lord is not about me. It is not even about you. It is not about me making a good impression in front of you. It is not about making you happy. It is about him and making him happy and setting the example. So when we're serving, when we feel the unction that we need to go and do something, I am not doing it to impress myself, impress you, or anyone around me. It is to do what the Lord has told us to do, which is to serve. Jesus set the example, and it continues on. In verse 12, when they had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash another's, one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one that sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So we are to do what? We are to serve. We are to sacrifice our time, our energy. We are to, as I said before, and abide. We are to work and labor. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that the church should bring us comfort. I understand that coming in here into the church and sitting in here is supposed to be a time of refreshing, a renewal. I understand that this is a time that we are supposed to be equipped to go out. That is what the pastor is supposed to do. The pastor is not the one that has to be exactly in the community doing everything. No, the pastor is the one that is to equip us to go out and to do those things. We cannot expect Pastor Jeff to do it all. So we are supposed to be the ones that are refreshed, inspired, renewed, ready to get up and go and equipped to go out. We are not supposed to be the ones that are lulled to sleep sitting in our pews. Now, I, I get that that's on me to not lull you to sleep right now. I get that. Bradley once told me one time that I'm too monotone to change my, you know, I got to change my volume every now and then. So, so if I yell, I can either say it's the Holy Spirit or I'm trying to wake Brad. It's either one of those. <laughs> I like how we have applause for waking Brad. That's great. <laughs> no, the Christian walk, the Christian walk should stretch us. I will tell you honestly, following after Pastor Jeff and leading, I mean, watching him lead and everything that he does, that will stretch you. If you can seriously sit, watch that man do everything that he does and have the heart that he does and you can just chill in the staff meeting, you better check your pulse. We're supposed to be stretched. Joshua was challenging the people. He said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Serving is a part of the mission and vision of this church. I apologize. I don't think I put it on the screen, but I apologize. Let me read this to you what it, what it says. We are a praying church that loves God and loves people. We are a place of hope for anybody, anywhere. The heart of this church is to reflect Jesus by seeking the lost, serving the suffering and sharing life together as we grow spiritually we are to serve 
Okay, so let me go ahead and hit the basic questions because this is how my brain works. The basic questions. Who, what, when, where, and how? Okay, so who? That's easy. The Lord. The Lord told us to do this. Okay, the Lord has told us to get up and to go and to do these things. What and why? We can go ahead and link these two together. Matthew 28. The Great Commission. The Lord called us all to go out and to make disciples into the outermost places, the places that we don't necessarily want to go, the places that are uncomfortable. We're supposed to go out and make disciples in those places, not just the places that are easy and comfortable for us to be in, the places that it looks good for us. We are called to go out to everywhere, to everyone. We are called to minister. In Matthew 25, it talks, we are called to minister to the least of these. That is how we know that we are doing the Lord's work. We are calling out and ministering to the least of these. We are called to serve. When you get to when, when is it that we are supposed to serve? Any time we see a need and the Lord has placed something on our heart, we're supposed to step up and do it. Again, serving is a sacrifice. It's not just when it's easy and comfortable for us. There are times where you're called to go and to do things that is not necessarily what you want to do. It happens. We meet here every Wednesday and Sunday. That is not the only time that church happens. We have men's ministry on Monday, women's ministry on Tuesday. We'll be back at church on Wednesday night with kids running everywhere. Thursday night, we have Celebrate Recovery. Friday, we partially recuperate. I'm sure there's something happening. We've got stuff happening all the time, but church ministry and serving is not confined to the building. There are times where we have to go out. So that gets us to the where. The where. Well, your community. We can start there. Your job. The schools around us. We can serve inside of this church, his church. Okay, so now we get to the house. So this is where I need y'all to strap in. So I just go ahead and apologize, get comfortable, stretch a little bit, because we've got some lengthy stuff to go through here. Okay, so if we're talking about you can serve in your community, what's your neighborhood like? What's your neighborhood like? Are they all saved, sanctified, set apart for the Holy Spirit? Are they doing his work? Are they demonstrating him? I will tell you now, my neighborhood is not. My neighbors directly to this side, if I'm standing on my front porch, Lord, they need Jesus. My neighbors over here, they're selling drugs to them. <laughs> the lady beside me over here, she's actually from this community. Her mom was, last time I talked to her, her mom's an ICU. You think she could use Jesus right now? We have st people all around us. Are we demonstrating to Jesus to them? Are we ministering to them? Lord knows if you go to Walmart by itself, that is pastor's favorite thing to bring up is Walmart. If you go to Walmart, you need Jesus and people in there need Jesus. I was listening. I was did the self-checkout Friday and I was just listening to two workers talk. The most hilarious stuff I've ever heard because they firmly believe what they were saying. And the whole time I'm going, you can't, you can't mean that. That's no, you need Jesus. And what did I do? Not. I grabbed my stuff and I walked out because I was in a hurry. That's not serving God anywhere and anytime ready to go. That's being selfish. And I'm calling myself out. How about your job? Are your, co are your coworkers saved? Mine pretty much are. <laughs> are, your, are your coworkers saved? I mean, just be honest. Do people at your job need Jesus right now? Are you demonstrating Jesus to them? Are you living the scripture out in front of them? I'm not asking you to necessarily get in trouble with HR by in there prophesying and doing everything you have to do, but if the Lord tells you to do it, just do it. 
but are you living out the scripture in front of them or are we doing church on Sunday one way and then on Monday we're doing things a little different are we serving in that capacity the schools I can tell you now I don't know about the high schools Tony I don't know how it works at the high schools but I know the elementary schools and middle schools around here they are all the time looking for mentors they are looking for people to come in you gotta pass a background check I'm praying for y'all but they're praying for people to come in and minister and pour into these kids that some of them do not necessarily have good home lives. Some of them do not have structure around them that are making sure that they actually get good grades. Some of them need people who care about them that aren't necessarily their family right now. Are we willing to do that? Our church, man, we got a list. If you go ahead and put that long list up there of all the different, these are just some of the ministries. So I'll be biased. I'll start with B3. Again, I got the microphone. I'll start with the student ministry. I'll go ahead and tell you. You know what we need in B3 right now? I need adults who care about kids and want to see them grow in the Lord. Do you know what I really need? I need an adult to sit for one service once a month in middle school. I know I lost you at middle school, but they're great. They're fantastic, okay? Rooted kids, same thing. Pastor Hannah wants to stress, rooted kids is not child care. Rooted kids is starting and planting seeds in children, literally getting it rooted into them now as they grow to minister to them. So what does she need? She needs people that believe that same thing, that you're not coming in to do childcare, but you're coming in to even pour in as young as the nursery, which we need people in the nursery. We need people to minister to moms and dads so they can come into this service and not have to worry about their child. We need people to praying over their children and ministering to them. We need small group leaders and, and rooted, I mean, and rooted over here. We need pre-K leaders. I mean, we could go on and on for rooted. She needs good adults that want to do that thing. Pastor Kevin, Pastor Kevin has several ministries, technically all of them because he's the executive pastor, but we'll just emphasize a few. Sound and media upstairs, these guys up here in the booth right here that are fantastic, that probably don't get enough credit for all that they do to make us sound and look a little better. God bless you, Danny. Jeremy, we need guys up there that are willing to do that. We need guys that are willing, excuse me, not guys, ladies, men, anyone that is willing to serve one service a month, Whatever you can do, Wednesday nights, Sundays, whatever you can do. They need guys, people upstairs. They will train you. It's not as hard as it looks, I promise you. If I can learn how to do any of this, any of y'all can do it. All right, we, have, we need choir members. We need people that are willing to set an example for the church of how to just begin to let loose and worship. We need praise band members, okay? <laughs> these, four, these same guys are up here every service. They could use a break. Okay, we could use people that are willing to step up and do that. Life study groups are about to start up. Miss Patricia, who heads that right now. You know what they need? They need two teachers in each class for eight weeks. So we're talking one hour for eight weeks. And we're talking in the pre-K, uh, nursery, in the middlers. That's all they're asking. You to come in and minister to those kids so that, again, the parents can come and be ministered to. That's, in, that's an important ministry. It is not child care. It is ministering to the child. Celebrate Recovery is coming up. Uh, Johnny Kennedy and Paco, they run that. Celebrate Recovery is coming up. You know what they could use? They could use people that are willing to cater a meal. Are you willing to help people that are in a low moment in their lives? It's not. A, let me go ahead and break the stigma. It is not about just people that are dealing with drugs and alcohol. It's hurts, habits, and hangups. Anybody who's dealing with anything that they can come and be ministered to in a low point in their life, are we willing to come in and just feed them? What if we just drop off food and minister to them in that way? What if we start advertising into the community that we have a ministry that is helping people at their lowest and helping them to elevate and tell people that are at their low where they can come and be ministered to? 
Lisa Lewis, our connections director, runs several ministries. You know, we need, we need some good ushers. We need people that are willing to greet people at the door and cheer them up with all they've had going on because some people have wanted to beat their children before they got here. I just saw one wife just pat her husband on the leg, and that was fantastic. <laughs> All right? There's also the call ministry. Can you call people that can't necessarily get here? Can you just take time out of your day to minister to people that way and help them? Could you do some, just even do some clerical work? Lord, Miss Lisa, with all the paperwork that she's pushing and think cards that she's trying to pass out every week to tell everybody happy birthday, happy anniversary. We miss you. We love you. We're praying for you. Those type of things. She could use one hour of clerical work a week. Could you do that? We could keep going on, and we got engaged young adults led by Pastor Caleb. You know what they need? They need somebody to teach them how to cook. I'm just kidding. Now, they need people to cook meals. I'm kidding, Caleb. I'm, I'm joking wherever you are. They need people to help them to uh, cook meals, set up, tear down, whatever it is. You know what they could use these young adults? The same with the teenagers and the kids. They could use seasoned adults, experienced adults to not criticize, but to come alongside and to mentor them. Show them what they've learned through the scripture, that what they've learned of what to do and what not to do. You don't have to have it all together, but sometimes it's nice just to see a, a loving person who wants to help you. And we got men's ministry. Lord, Mr. Cliff, Mr. Cliff sent me a list, y'all. You want to talk about a detailed list? This man is on top of it. We got several events coming up in March for the men. March 16th, men, he wants you to know that there is a work day coming up. We need to get out here and work. <laughs> no excitement on that one. Sorry, Mr. Cliff. Uh, they're volunteers for a men's conference coming up on uh, March 8th, 9th. They need monthly cook teams. Can you cook one month out of 12? Just one time for these men? Can you help cut the grass? Can you help go out into the community and be the men of this church that are willing to go help the shut-ins? The people who are in need, driving to the hospitals, cutting their yards, whatever needs to be done, can we do that? Women's ministry ran by Miss Ann Letchworth. They need help setting up, tearing down. They need help with people that are willing to cook for benevolence meals. Again, ministering to people that are at their lowest. Are we willing to do that? Missions, led by Miss Meg Jackson. She's looking for volunteers to sponsor children around the world through people-to-people uh, -people ministry. Looking for people to help with Operation Shoebox. We just got done with that, and it was like... It was like well over 11,000, 15,000 shoebox. I mean, I can't even remember the number. It was it's so high, and the boxes were so heavy. <laughs> you would think one little shoebox, there's not much to it. Some of them have bricks in them, I'm telling you. When you start loading, we did three, three trailers full, and a box truck had like another 20 boxes in it or something like that that came out of this church. Because we are a, what they refer to like what a, a hub, basically, for everybody around this community to bring their shoe boxes. That's a ministry. And Miss Meg needs people to rally around her to receive those boxes, pack them, put them in the, the, uh, the trailers. Impact Girls Ministry ran by Miss Medea. You know, she said that, you know, they need, they need people that are willing to drive and ride the bus. So this is two people, bus and van. They run both of them at points. We need two people in that bus and the van. Again, this is not child care. This is a situation where we have people from this church that are going every Wednesday night into the community and getting kids that would never be able to set foot on this campus otherwise. And we are getting kids into this church that are having blessings. When I tell you that we have families that are here now, whole families that are here now, 
because this ministry started several years ago. Can I tell you the truth about that ministry? That ministry is struggling right now because we do not have adults that are willing to go and to do these things. That's why I'm throwing it out there to you now. We have leaders that are burning the candle at both ends that are going out, picking kids up, going and teaching their class, and then having to take the kids right back home. We need people that are willing to step up and help with that. The prayer saw ministry, people that are willing to crochet, rangers led by uh, George Hollowell, they're in need of men that have a heart for boys that want to see them grow up and be Christians and not following after the patterns in this world. So we're talking boys from 8 to 18 that are ranging that we need men to come in alongside and help these, these young boys to learn what it means to be a Christian man. Not by the world standards. Ms. Uh, the Welcome Center, Ms. Rhonda Bradshaw, people that are willing to be just a smiling face and greet people when they're coming in. A glow led by Miss Janet Jackson. They're looking for prayer warriors. Prayer warriors that are willing to step up and pray over the needs of the schools, the community, the nation, just making a difference through prayer. Photography done by Miss Kristen and the rest of her team. Could you take pictures? Could you take pictures and show people what it is in our community? That's the only reason we're even taking these pictures. I want you to understand, this is so we can outreach. This is where we can show other people around us. This is what the Lord is doing for us. This isn't so we can brag. I, I want you to understand, if you're seeing a photographer around here and you see our stuff on social media, it's not so we can brag. It's so the people around us can start to see that there is a place of hope that they can come into that is open. We don't care what color you are, what nationality you are, what gender you are. We don't care. We want you in here. We want to minister to you. That's what photography ministry is all about. Young people, I'm looking at you. You know she could use some help right now? For graphics and reels. I don't even fully know what those mean. I throw everything in CapCut and hope it works. I lost half the crowd right there. It's, a, it's an app. It's an app. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Jimmy. We need help with that. Our online ministry. COVID was rough a couple years ago. It was really tough on pastor when we closed the doors and nobody was able to come in. That Easter service, whew, man. But COVID did provide one thing. Now we're online. We're ministering around the world, which is crazy. Little church from Mount Olive somehow is getting all over the world and ministering to people. You know what we could use? We need people to run cameras, work upstairs in the live stream room. I know that there are a lot of flashing lights inside that live stream room, but Stan can teach you how to do it. They will do training. The cameras are not so bad as long as you don't take off moving because now David's got to follow me with the camera, okay? It's not that bad. Stan also heads that ministry up. And then we have Miss Robin who does our online interaction. Every service, every single service that we have, Miss Robin is online interacting. If you would go look in her office, she's a computer here, a laptop here. She's doing things on her phone. She's doing YouTube and Facebook at the exact same time. Still manages to keep up with every single person that's interacting. Figures out all 82 new people that are there every Sunday. Do you know it would really be awesome if we had more people that are helping her online and interact? And it grew to the point well, Miss Robin was not stuck in that office every service, every Sunday, but was able to come into the sanctuary because she has raised up a team around her. And if I missed a ministry somewhere, I apologize. I tried to fit them all in, but that's, that's a lot. So if I missed something, I apologize. Pastor Kevin, if you don't mind. Here's the deal. We are called to serve. Sadly, a few weeks ago, um, our church lost a very dear lady. Very, very dear lady. It's Martha Turner, Mama T. This was a, an amazing woman of God 
um, reminded me so much of my grandmother. I just the first moment I met Mama T, I just I just loved her. I fell in love with her because it was it was literally like having my grandma all over again. A woman that would sit there and pray for you and hit you in the head at the same time. <laughs> Mama T didn't care. I remember one time I literally I was picking on Miss Betty and Mama T was coming to get me. I hid I hid in the youth center closet. I'm not pretending. Mama T was coming after me. But she was an amazing woman that loved God, and she dedicated her life to following after the Lord. When I met Mama T, she was in her 70s already. But do you know the amazing part to me? She may have been in her 70s, but she never once slowed down. That's right. This woman volunteered everywhere. She never once slowed down. She volunteered at the food pantry in town. She sat with the elderly in need. She, every week she would go around and sit with the elderly. She worked in our rainbows classroom. You need some energy to work with pre-K. And every week she was in there with our rainbows class working. She served in every outreach that she had. She did it in whatever capacity she could. If she was in the kitchen serving, she'd serve. If she was at a table greeting, she'd greet. She would be at the altar praying for people. I can tell you now, I will miss the prayers of that woman. Yes. She, she would start praying you up, down, side to side, back, front. That's how she would pray over me. I'm praying all sides of you. It's like, Lord, thank you. But during that service that Pastor Jeff was doing for her, he quoted, he kind of alluded to Matthew 25, 21, when he was saying that when Mama T passed away and she stood before the Lord, she heard, well done, good and faithful servant. That is what I want from my life. I do not want to rest on my laurels. I do not want to just skate by like it's high school all over again. No, I want to know that the Lord is going to say to me, well done and good and faithful servant. That means I cannot, I cannot sit comfortably in my pew. And I know we don't have pews anymore, but you know what I mean. I cannot sit comfortably in my pew. But I am called to serve and to minister and do something in some capacity to minister to the people that are around me. Serving is not comfortable. It is not easy. I understand that. But again, Jesus set the example with all that he had going on. He made no excuse and still found a way to minister and to serve with everyone that he came in contact with. He took the time to serve. I want to be able to hear, well done, a good faithful servant. That I know that I did something with my life for the Lord. I want to know that I served and I made an impact for him. Not so I can glorify my name and I can get my name out there, but that I can get his out there. That I know that the gospel was spread because I opened my mouth and spoke it. Because how are the people going to hear it if, if they don't hear you saying it? I want to know that people were ministered to because I lifted my hand and I found the needy and I went and I ministered to them. I found the least of these and tried to help them up from where they were. What do you want said about you? But part of serving, part of serving means you have to subjugate yourselves. Part of serving, that means you have to take a step back and make him Lord. Okay, that, that's a, a relational thing. As in, have we called upon the name of the Lord and asked Him to be Lord of our lives? This is the greatest decision that you can ever make. This is the greatest decision you can ever make, that you would take the time and ask the Lord. You know, the one Jesus who got up onto that cross and died for your sins. The one that took the beating that was made for you. The one that took everything upon Himself that was meant for us. Have we taken the time to ask Him to come into our hearts and be Lord of our lives? It's not a long, drawn-out thing. Romans 10, 9. I tell my teenagers all the time. They can, Isaac can practically quote it now. Praise God. He's learning Jesus. Okay. 
confess with your, I'm, I'm badly quoting, so I apologize, but if you confess in the mouth and believe with your heart that he is Lord, that means you're saved. There's no ritual. There's no fancy custom. We don't have to sacrifice cows. It is all about what's happening in here. Maybe today you haven't subjugated yourself and decided to serve him in that way and made him Lord of your life. This is the moment to fix that. This is the moment to set that straight. Not something to put off, but changing today from this moment forward how you're going to live your life. As for me and my house, we are called to serve. That means that me and my house, we are called to worship the Lord. We are called to bow down to him. We are called to make him Lord. So if we have not done that, this is the moment to do that. If we have not called on him and asked him to come into our heart and be Lord of our lives, this is the moment to do that, not to put it off any longer. If we've slipped up and slipped back to where we weren't supposed to be, this is the time to get it right. So if you would stand with me. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, nobody playing around. Serious moment here. If that's you today and you're saying that I just want to get some things straight, I want, to, I want to serve, but I want to start by serving in the right way first and making him Lord of my life and asking him to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. If that's you, nobody's looking around, nobody's playing around. I'm just asking you to just raise your hand and say you want to set that straight today. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray that this challenges us all today to find our place to serve Him. Not, a, not the church, not Mount Olive First PH, but find a place to serve Him. And I feel like if we're, we're ready to take that step, the first step that we have to take is to go to His altar and to begin to ask Him for clarification, for wisdom, for guidance. Lord, what is it that you would have us do? What would you have me do right now? I will tell you again, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And as Pastor Kevin's